Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and I want to welcome all of our viewers. Uh, been having some streaming issues tonight, thus the late start, so I hope you guys can see me. If not, I apologize, and I guess I'm talking to myself. I hope everyone is doing well. I know we're live on Instagram. I want to welcome all our folks on Instagram. As far as the uh, YouTube and the other side, it uh, doesn't seem to be getting a signal let me just double check here to see if we are actually broadcasting to all of our other networks if you guys can bear with me here one second uh, it says we're live let me just with check me. it out uh, uh, yeah 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 okay so uh i am broadcasting anyway thank you all for tuning in tonight uh, again i apologize for the late start uh some tech issues I hope everyone is enjoying their evening or your or the morning, depending on where you're located. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please go to deadtalklive.com. In fact, today we just updated our website with uh, two more guests that we got uh, confirmations from. So please go to our website to see who our guests are that are going to be coming up in the next week. Uh, as well as all of our featured episodes, past episodes, and everything else. We stream Monday through Friday. Our normal start time is 9.30 p.m. Eastern United States. Simultaneously to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. And before we start with today's topic, which we are going to be doing a an abbreviated review of uh, Sunday's Fear the Walking Dead episode. What a heartbreaker. Oh my god. That episode broke my heart, and you don't really hear me say that very often, but man, that episode that aired this past Sunday, so brilliantly done, uh, great storytelling, and the ending just completely breaks your heart on how it turns out. We'll get to that in a second. I gotta tell you guys what's going on. I guess it's really up and down the East Coast in the United States. But here in my state, where I live at, in Virginia, the, uh, the governor had this brilliant idea to declare a state of emergency because the uh, pipeline that runs from Texas and feeds almost entirely the East Coast was uh, cyber hacked. They don't know by who yet, but the governor, before any real issues happened, it's up and running now. But he declared a state of emergency to let people know that there is going to be a fuel shortage coming. Didn't happen. Everything's up and running now. But him declaring the state of emergency led to a fuel shortage because everybody went out to gas up their cars. And that, as well as several of uh, several more cars and portable uh, gas containers and whatnot. So we actually ended up in a fuel shortage, at least here in Virginia, when there didn't need to be one. And it was caused by our brilliant governor, Ralph Northam, uh, who I do support. But you know what, guys? The moral of the story is intelligence is something that we take for granted. It doesn't matter who you are, what position you're in. Uh, intelligence is something that we really do take uh, for granted. 
I just have to share that story with you guys because I'm like, you know, I he had good intentions, but it ended up leading to a disaster. And now the gas stations are literally out of gas because everybody went and filled up every possible gas container they could with gasoline and there is now an actual shortage at least here in virginia i see that it's happening all up and down the east coast tina wilde says it's the same in north carolina uh khaleesi says in tennessee was near empty past four places that were out of gas yeah so it's, it's all up and down the east coast it's the main pipeline that comes from Texas and goes all the way up to Jersey, I believe. It was hacked. It was hacked. And, you know, it just brings to the forefront of how our infrastructure is under attack. It's not under attack in the uh, conventional senses, but it's under cyber attack. Uh, anyway, just... I don't know if it was going on just here in Virginia or if it really was affecting the entire East Coast. I'm glad I shared the story. Uh, thank you guys for letting me know that it's not just isolated here. But I wonder, Tina, in, in North Carolina and Khaleesi, who's in Tennessee, did your governors declare a state of emergency? Because our governor did. And it actually led to a shortage. So, anyways. Uh... So, going back to Fear the Walking Dead, last week's episode, last this past Sunday's episode, uh, it truly broke my heart. I did not see it coming. Uh, beautiful storytelling. Uh, Grace is unconscious. She gets to meet her, you know, future, her, you know, her, she's, this is her subconscious. Basically, almost the entirety of the episode is we get a glimpse into Grace's subconscious. And of course, uh, her subconscious is looking towards the future, the place that Morgan is trying to build up. What is it going to look like? The birth of her child, which is a girl, not a boy, Athena. Uh, Great storytelling. I mean, I, I just can't stop saying that. So big kudos to the writers who thought up on how to uh, tell this story. And some people out there might think, well, what was the point of this episode? And I'll tell you what the point of this episode was. The entire point of this episode was for the graffiti people to get that key without having to kill Morgan. And why that guy left them alive, if they're all about destruction, that's a plot hole. But we'll look the other way on that. Once Morgan gave him the key, he had the gun on them. He could have killed them both. Maybe he felt bad for Grace. She was pregnant. There is a little bit of, uh, you know, rational thought left in him that Teddy has not completely brainwashed away. Uh, but he left him alive. And he drove off. And then Morgan delivered Grace's baby girl. And the baby was still born. It was dead. That just broke my heart. And uh, 
the way the story was unfolding throughout the episode, I was truly preparing for Grace to actually die when that baby was born. And when the baby was uh, stillborn and Morgan was trying to revive it, wasn't happening. Uh, and then Grace gets the realization that her vision, her near-death experience, whatever you want to call it, was she got it all backwards. It was uh, not her that passes away. It's her daughter that dies. And it's her connecting uh, a mother-child bond, uh, you know, through her subconscious. And so part of it, I mean, it's really weird. There is definitely a bond between a mother and a child. I mean... I mean, uh, how, I mean, you can't deny that the baby, you know, is in utero for 40 weeks. So there is that bond that happens. And right at the very end, how she was, her subconscious led her to connect with her daughter that was, like I said, stillborn. And the way uh, that story was told with the graffiti people coming after them in Grace's subconscious, as well as coming after Morgan and Grace in uh, real life. We know that Grace was knocked unconscious uh, due to an explosion. We did not see that. So a lot of us are trying to figure out, just like Grace was in the beginning of the episode when she wakes up on the ground, what the hell is going on? You know, what happened to her? And, uh, you know, she's mysteriously taken into the future and she gets to see the utopia that Morgan has built. He meets Morgan. We don't know how far. It's 16 years. Yeah, because Athena is 16 years old. So we see a very uh, gray bearded Morgan. We see Dwight. We see Sherry. Dwight Morgan got um, uh, Dwight and Sherry got back together. Uh, they, they have children, uh, we see Dr. Dory, June, uh, self-taught Dr. Dory, uh, we got to see an older version of Charlie, uh, great casting by the way, that older Charlie looks very much like Alexa Neesonson, uh, so, and then, you know, the way her subconscious told Morgan, that, you know, I'm not dead, I'm alive, uh, something's happening, I don't understand it, Morgan doesn't understand it. Of course, this is all in Grace's mind. Uh, he does believe her, as your subconscious would allow you to, because what you deeply want is the people you love the most to believe you. So it doesn't take much effort for Morgan to start believing Grace, even... Uh, when Grace tells Athena the truth that she's her mother, she believes it. Not much of a, you know, you're lying, this is impossible. Uh, that whole car explosion thing finally triggers her to realize that she is unconscious. She remembered the blast. And uh, then we go to the, uh, the, the barn where they actually are in real life. Morgan and Grace are holed up in the barn. They're being chased by the graffiti people. Uh, 
and Grace realizes in her near-death experience state that that's where she needs to go to in order to come back to Morgan. Uh, the way the time, you know, stuff would repeat on how uh, they would take out the walkers and the walkers who are already dead after they were killed properly, they would come back from the dead. They can never be killed. Sort of, uh, you know, the way the uh, Night King in Game of Thrones just snaps his fingers and everyone that's around him, the dead, just rises back up again. It was very reminiscent of that. But, it, it, you know, I don't know how you guys felt about that ending, but that baby being stillborn completely took me by surprise. It never really crossed my mind once that the baby would not survive uh, childbirth. I thought that baby was going to be critical moving forward into the storyline. The way Grace was explaining it uh, to Teddy's henchmen for when she was telling Morgan to give him the key, telling Morgan that they've lost already, they just don't realize it yet. Morgan trying to get answers as to what that key is. He still has no idea. We have no confirmation yet on what that key is. Uh, you know, the last time we talked about it, when we had our producer Marco on the show, he raised a very interesting theory that he read on the internet that it could very well be the the nuclear keys for them to launch a nuclear attack. We know that they are underground. They're getting ready to lock themselves uh, away uh, from the outside world for a very long time. They have a self-sustaining community in a parking garage uh, of all places. Uh, so the only thing that really makes sense is they have some kind of world annihilation plan and that key right now no, no other you know explanation makes sense to me other than that that key is what's needed to launch those nuclear weapons and literally destroy all life above teddy's i he's a mad scientist crazy Whatever you want to call him, the dude is a few apples short of a fruit basket. Uh, he will definitely do it. I have no doubt he is the kind of person that thrives on destruction. Uh, last week, we also read an article on how when John Dory was talking to Rabbi Jacob, and he was telling, you know, John was telling the rabbi what his dad did when he was a cop, how he planted evidence against a very bad person so he can put him away. He mentioned that that guy was a mortician. As we all know, Teddy's people are infatuated with embalming the dead, which still to me makes no sense at all. But in his mind, he must have a reason for doing it. Or it's maybe he really loved his job pre-apocalypse before he went to prison and he just loves embalming people i have no idea we have no idea what the purpose is of embalming the dead and stringing them up inside of a locked room you know that's how alicia was able to torch the place 
So, I mean, this season is just absolutely fascinating. I love this season. And every episode, it just gets better and better and better. Uh, there has been no episodes this season for the viewers and the fans to catch their breath. Because you know, by now, we all, you know, it's a trend. This was episode 12. There is no letting your foot off the gas in this season of Fear the Walking Dead. Every episode is going to be new. It's going to be something exciting. It definitely moves the story forward and the whole nine yards. So let's go ahead and see what the quote unquote critics had to say about this episode. Uh, did they like it? Did they not like it? How the writers did it? I really think it was just beautifully done. So let's go ahead and check out some reviews on this past week's Fear the Walking Dead episode, okay, which was called In Dreams. Now, wish fulfillment goes awry in an uneven episode of Fear the Walking Dead. I'm just going to throw this out there. The second half of Fear the Walking Dead sixth season hasn't been kind to moms. First, Virginia is killed off and things left to do. Shortly after revealing to Dakota that she's actually her mother, not her sister, and then an in-dream spends most of its runtime selling the downbeat notion that Grace dies in labor. Instead, it's her daughter, Athena, that doesn't survive childbirth. Definitely not the best episode to air on Mother's Day. That's right, it did air on Mother's Day. I realize this is not by design, but the episode is still a downer nevertheless. That being said, while In Dreams might deliver some interesting moments, overall, not one of Fear's finest hours. So I guess they didn't like it. I don't agree with them, but I guess they didn't like how it was done. Coming on the heels of a great episode like The Holding, this is a bit disappointing. It's not disappointing. It's, a, it, it's meant to break your heart. That's the effect it had on me. Maybe my own disappointment stems from the fact that Grace has never been among my favorites. This has nothing to do with Karen David, who is a fine actor in her own right. It's just that Grace has never felt like a fully-fledged character. Instead, existing more as motivation for Morgan to create a safe haven to raise her unborn child. When she finally gets something to do, when Grace finally shows some real agency, it all happens in a surreal, magenta-soaked dream state. What's real? What isn't? What is Grace's subconscious trying to tell her, and why? To answer any of these questions, we need to first understand what fear is telling us and why. The end result is a convoluted episode with converging storylines that almost cancel each other out. On one hand, Grace is afforded a look into the future, one in which Morgan's settlement is thriving and her daughter Athena, who is now 16 years old. But it's also a future in which Grace herself does not exist, having died at childbirth. On the other hand, In Dreams also takes place in the real world. In the present, Grace and Morgan are waylaid by a roadside bomb and she's about to go into labor. 
To make matters worse, Riley, played by Nick Stahl, Riley's, of course, the uh, Teddy's right-hand man, his henchman, and his goons are hunting them down. If I had to choose one of these stories as the episode's focus, it would have been the latter plot. I definitely disagree with that. After last week's episode, there's so much more I want to know about Teddy and his cult, which makes this journey into Grace's subconscious feel like more of a detour than an uninhibited character study. If anything, I'd argue this episode affords valuable insights into the minds of showrunners Andrew Shambliss and Ian Goldberg, who penned in Dreams along with Nazrin Shoudhari. Shambliss and Goldberg have always approached Fear's characters with an outsized optimism that doesn't quite gel with the grim nature of the Walking Dead universe. Take, take the misguided Good Samaritan storyline from last season, for example. Personally, I find it interesting where they expect to find most of these characters in 16 years. Morgan is alive and well, his hair gone to white. Not only is his settlement thriving, he's doing a great job at raising Athena. His axe is still planted where he left it, outside the walls, a testament to his peaceful utopia. June is a doctor now, albeit a self-taught one. Charlie played, the older Charlie is played by Mary Catherine Duhon, is her apprentice, apprentice. June is still sporting John's hat after all these years, which is bittersweet. Daniel and Strand squabble like old, like an old married couple. That these two would remain close after everything they've endured together feels right to me. Who else would be willing to put up with them if not each other? Dwight and Sherry are together too. They're parents of two kids in this imagined future. Their son is named after John, which is another nice nod to Dory. We also discover that Al has left to find Isabel and that Alicia has started her own settlement in the ruins of Madison's old stadium. What we don't find out is Strand is living in uh, Morgan's settlement. Whatever happened to Lawton? That's something that never gets answered. In this last development regarding Alicia that I find the most telling, while I respect the Shambliss and Goldberg see her following in her mother's footsteps, we're simply told about this told about this rather than it being shown to us. I realize this would have been one detour stacked upon another. It just reinforces the notion that Alicia is not central to fear's current or future vision of itself. That's kind of a bold statement right there. In any case, as much as I didn't like this episode's twist ending, I do appreciate that Shambliss and Goldberg would be willing to turn their own optimism on its head. Any clarity she might have gained while unconscious is for naught. Not only is poor Athena dead, but now Riley finally has what he wants, namely the key that Morgan wears around his neck. The key that was first revealed to us 
in the season premiere of this current season. While this real-world plot with Riley is the more successful of the episode's two storylines, it still has its own problems. For instance, Morgan is quick to kill Riley's sidekicks, yet he merely wounds Riley himself. That's, you can't argue with that. Uh, he could have killed him right then and there. Uh, he chose the right shoulder a little bit more to the left. He would have stabbed him right through the heart. Why? By the same token, why doesn't Riley just kill Morgan and take the key? That's what I raised. Uh, an issue that we sort of have to just, you know, put to the side at the beginning of this episode. After causing so much trouble for each other, why would either character ever let the, the, the other one live? In Riley's case, we already know Teddy wants to wipe out all life outside of the holding. If I had to guess, I assume Teddy's plan involved wiping out all non-believers in one in one fell swoop. Even so, plot armor never really does his story any favor. It feels like a cheat because it is a cheat. It's worth noting that there are only four episodes left this season, so expect things to become even more fraught for Morgan and his crew. By the end of the season, I expect we'll find out what the cost of peace really means for our survivors. So they're not willing to guess what that key is in that article that we just read. Uh, they just sort of side skirt the issue that that key is the way that Teddy plans to wipe out all life above in one fell swoop. The only way that he can really do that is by some kind of nuclear launch. Uh, you know, you, the whole nuclear idea, I like the potential of the story just leading up to them trying to launch nuclear weapons, but it just has so many questions. It's not like there's a nuclear station every 20 miles in the United States. These things are kept very secret no idea where they are it's usually centralized from a command center it's more than just keys you just don't need two keys to launch a worldwide nuclear attack so how they're going to explain that and yeah when you can when you watch any kind of movie you have to put reality aside in order to enjoy the movie or tv show that you're watching but there's a very fine line. If they go too far into the unbelievable, fans don't like that, you know? There is a limit as to how much fans are willing to look the other way to enjoy a good TV show or a film. So that's what I'm really curious about, just to see the story that is going to lead up. And we can, I could be completely wrong. Uh, the theories that are out there that this you know, that it is going to be a nuclear launch can be completely off. It could be the release of some kind of uh, chemical weapon. We don't know. We don't know. But uh, in order to fulfill 
Teddy's wishes of destroying everything up above, he cannot just take out the state of Texas. That's meaningless. It's pointless. Or he doesn't even have the ability just to take out the state of Texas. It's a huge state. Uh, he could take out the surrounding communities uh, one at a time as they have been very slowly. But I don't know what his vision or his plan is. And that's what makes it so exciting. Uh, uh, CC writes that key belongs to some CRM. That's why Al found, found that paperwork in Derek's room. Shows they've been watching the CRM. Now... That leads to an interesting point. The CRM, if they really are a bona fide government agency that was kept secret from civilization while civilization was running, but yet they were being funded by the government in case the world did ever fall apart, they might have access to weapons of mass destruction. And when I say mass destruction, I mean worldwide destruction. So that's a very interesting point, CC. Uh, well, we just have to wait and watch. Like the article stated, there really there are only four episodes left uh, this season. Guaranteed, this Teddy story is not going to be over by the in the next four episodes. This is going to carry over into next season, at least until the midway point of season seven. It might even take up all of season seven. I have no idea. Uh, I have this nagging feeling, though, that we are going to be left with one hell of a cliffhanger uh, come the last episode of this season. <laughs> I think they're really going to leave us hanging until, you know, the premiere of Season 7 of Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be interesting, but we're also going to be a little bit frustrated because we have to wait. So, DG on YouTube writes, Depends how you look at it. The truth tells the best story, or never let the truth get in the way of telling a good story. That's, that's an interesting point. Uh, welcome to the show, DG on YouTube. Good to have you with us. Uh, Zoe on Twitter. Welcome, Zoe, regular viewer. I'm really enjoying this session, too. One of my favorites. Thank you guys for staying up late. This is going to be an abbreviated show. Uh, my intention was not to start so at such a late hour. I appreciate everyone who stayed up or is up and tuned in tonight. Uh, for us to go over Fear of the Walking Dead. This was definitely uh, a story builder. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, the bottom line of this episode, not only was it to give us an inside look into Grace's subconscious, but it was a way to hand over the key to Teddy's people uh, without them having to kill Morgan. So that's where this story is heading. They have the key now. Now Morgan and uh, Strand and Sherry's people are really going to have to unite. Uh, Morgan has known for quite some time that that key is very significant. There are a lot of people after it, but he just has no idea 
what it's meant to open. You know, and neither do we at this point. Anyway, guys, thank you again so much for tuning in. I apologize once more for the late start. Tomorrow we'll be back on the air as well, hopefully at our normal time. Please visit us uh, at deadtalklive.com. We've put up two more upcoming guests that are going to be joining us next week. To find out who they are, go to our website, click on the Our Guest section, and you'll see who our guests are going to be. Don't forget, we simultaneously stream Monday through Friday to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow night. Uh, a little side note, tomorrow I'm going for my second vaccine. And uh, I have a quarter tank of gas left. Hopefully it'll, be, hopefully it'll be enough to get me there and back because I do not want to go gas shopping because, you know, the governor of Virginia laid out a state of emergency on fuel and it's hard to find gas at the moment. So wish me some luck on that, that I can get back and forth without having to uh, regas up my car. Anyway, guys, stay safe till tomorrow. Always stay walking. Good night.